I'm creating my life, right? I'm designing my own life. And all these things are pieces that I intentionally design. Welcome to the Creative Tax Podcast with Mike Brennan. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Creative Chats. It's the podcast for artist makers and content creators where we talk about creativity, the creative process, and story. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. You can connect with me over on Instagram. I'm at MikeBone. And you can check out my work on my website, which is MikeBrennan.me. I'd also love for you to be a part of our online Facebook community. It's a free private Facebook community called Daily Creative Habit. If you go to DailyCreativeHabit.com, it'll bring you to the request page to join our group. And this is for you creatives who want to leverage your time, your uh, effort, your energy towards building a daily creative habit of your own. You want to show up more consistently for your creativity and craft. And so if that's you, and I think it is, uh, come check it out. We would love to have you be part of this group. So head to dailycreativehabit.com and I look forward to seeing you in the group today. For this week, we are back with another stellar conversation. And I'm excited to bring to you a chat that I had with a new friend who is Jasmine Katatakarn. Jasmine is an amazing creative person. Now, she has worked with Blue Sky Studios uh, as a lighting artist on films like Ice Age Films and uh, Rio, um, among others. And not only in that work uh, has she really grown as an artist and a creative person, but Jasmine is also the co-founder of Academy of Animated Art, where she helps fill in the gaps a little bit for those people who are interested in animation, but perhaps they're not really sure how to go about it and how to end up with a portfolio that lands them the job that they're looking to get. Um, we talk a little bit about that in our conversation today of where this academy came from and, and why there was a kind of a frustration point for Jasmine and how she ended up um, coming up and creating this academy, as well as uh, some creative coaching that um, Jasmine does, some creative life coaching. And I love the conversations that we have today because they're bigger than just animation or just visual art. Really, we talk about looking at your life as the creative canvas and I love the lessons that Jasmine has learned along the way. Uh, there's a lot of insight to what she shares today, so be sure to pay close attention. If you're listening to this podcast while driving or doing something else, uh, you may want to pause it every once in a while and just jot some things down or make a note of something, because I think this conversation today is one that we all need to have no matter what it is that we do creatively, whether it's full time, whether it's a hobby, whether it's something that we long to do more of um, in more of a, uh, a full time capacity or not. Wherever you are in the spectrum, this conversation, I think, is really going to help you. Uh, I know that there were points that we both said, you know what, we resonate on these values, these ideas uh, centered around creativity. So. Without further ado, here is my creative chat with Jasmine Katatakarn. Well, welcome to the Creative Chats podcast. I'm excited to have you here, Jasmine. Yeah, I'm excited to be here, Mike. So I love when I get to connect with fellow artists, visual artists, and um, just talk all things creativity. And we started talking already before we roll in here and uh, already just having some synergy and uh, I'm excited about this. It's going to be a great conversation. I know it. Yeah, I'm really excited too. I agree. I love talking about creativity and I feel like we're so aligned in our thoughts. So I think we, could, I feel like we could talk all day if need oh, be, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> keep it, we'll keep it short. So your listeners, you know, don't get too, too tired. Of yes. <laughs> well, before we get too far into things, why don't you just tell our listeners who are you and what do you do? The big question, right? That is a big question. That's actually honestly a question where now I kind of do a big pause and I'm like, it's it's that question of like, oh, what do you do? And the default is always like, oh, tell your job, right? Mm -hmm. And now I'm always thinking like, well, that's such a big question to ask someone, and I don't want to say what my job is, like, because I'm more than just a job. So with that in mind, <laughs> I'll get into it. I am Jasmine Katatakaran. 
And what do I do? I'm still trying to think of like the best answer for this. But, um, you know, I am a creative leader, an entrepreneur, an artist, um, a coach, and a mother of two. And with everything, I use creativity as the base of everything I do. And it took me a while to really acknowledge that and to be aware of that. And honestly, when someone used to say like, who are you, what do you do? Um, I would say like, I am a lighting artist on feature animated films, or I'd say I, you know, am the co-founder of my Academy of Animated Art. But I realized that's just, you know, titles and really what anyone does is like, what is your mission? Like what, I know that sounds big too, like what is your life mission? But <laughs> like for me, it's really, I just love creating and my like current purpose that like combines all of my interests is that I help creatives create outside the box. Like whether it's a traditional art, but more so their life, like to look at their life as their biggest creative masterpiece, right? And how can you create that? So that's a pretty big question too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I know what you mean because there's you don't want to limit yourself to just a role that you play, a job that you have. Um, those are elements of you and of what you do, but there's this bigger sense of who you are and what you bring to the table, no matter what it is that you're doing, no matter who you're with. And um, I think a lot of people, a lot of creative people can definitely resonate with that, um, especially if there's multiple things going on in somebody's life, multiple creative efforts, which we'll get into in a little bit. But um, I, I love that that answer, though, because it's big and it's broad and it's creative. So well done. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. But yeah, I like to think now, yeah, we're also multifaceted. And everything's an expansion of yourself. It could be the most random thing that you don't think about, but that is an expansion of yourself. So that creates who you are. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what did creativity look like for you as a kid? Um, was there a moment where you knew, hey, I, I'm a creative person here? Like, did that dawn on you when you were younger? It, it did. And um, ever since I was... Yeah, ever since I was young, I, I used to love to draw. I was very drawn to that. I remember like mechanical drawing I really loved in fifth grade, which seems odd, but there was something about that combination. But sadly, I will say when I think of creativity as a kid, um, I was kind of veered away from it. And the fact that like when I voiced my interest in art, not that I was told I couldn't draw or do art because on, because actually my mom is an artist, which I think is an interesting tidbit there. But as I was growing up, they're like, oh, you can't do art. You can't, you can't focus on art because you'd be miserable, right? Mm -hmm. You would never get a job, you never make money. So you need to be a doctor. So like when I, since I was a kid in my head, even though I loved art, and I'd still do it on the side, but I, in my mind, I was like, oh, I can't take this seriously because I need to be a doctor. I need to do something practical um, that's socially acceptable. And it, it stuck with me because, you know, as a child, you really, you, you're a child, <laughs> you listen yeah. to these things. And even I still remember senior year of high school because I still took art. I took this AP art class. I was like building my portfolio. And I remember saying to my art teacher, like, I really wish I could just apply to RISD. Like, I just want to apply to Rhode Island School of Design to just see if I can get in. But that was like off the table. Not that like in my mind, I'm like, well, I can't do that. I need to apply to, you know, the academics. I can't go in for art. And that's exactly what happened to me. I, I mean, I went to a great school. Um, I went in pre-med. Hmm. And after a year of pre-med, I was like, you know, I can't see myself doing this. And the next move in my mind was still not art, still not creative, because I was like, no, I can't do that. What's the next productive, like practical thing I could do? And I majored in economics. So I have a degree in economics, actually. Hmm. And it wasn't until after college that I finally, 
I don't want to say took the, had the courage, but maybe like the self-awareness. And I was 21. So, I mean, that's a pretty long spectrum of life that I was basically telling myself I couldn't be creative because it's not practical. And it wasn't until I graduated from college and I remember going to the finance interviews. So remember in like downtown Manhattan, um, the investment banking firms, all the big ones. And I was sitting in this one interview and they're like, why do you want to go into investment banking or finance? And I sat there in my head, I'm like, don't do it. You don't want to do it. <laughs> and I gave like my BS answer and I walked out of that interview and I was done. I was like, okay, it is time. And that's when I finally gave myself permission to be creative, like outwardly creative and really take it um, seriously. And that was me at 21. Um, and from there, I took like, I, I still remember, I took basic like Photoshop, Illustrator classes. I didn't know anything like, cause I had never really allowed myself to be super creative in that, like in that term. Um, and from there, I did a stint as a package designer at Godiva. I still don't know how I got that job actually. So and this is all like, like self-taught stuff that you're doing at this point? Yeah, at that oh, wow. time, okay. like, yeah, I've never gone to art school to, well, I should preface that. So I did go into graphic um, to package design just for a year, but I got a little snippet of 3D animation from the teacher that taught me Photoshop and Illustrator and it always stuck with me. So I ended up going to get my master's in uh, 3D digital imaging and design. And that's how I got into 3D animation and visual effects. And right now I have, I have been working as an artist on feature animated films and visual effects for over 20 years. So it's been quite the journey. Um, and yeah, so that's that's what it looked like in childhood, unfortunately. I mean, not to say that my creativity was crushed, but I was still creative, but I was kind of taught I couldn't take it seriously. It was just mm -hmm. a hobby. Yeah, I think that's a fairly common narrative that happens with a lot of creative people when they're younger. And whether it's coming from parents, whether it's self-imposed or some other outside influence, this permeating thought of, yeah, you, you can't make it as an artist. It's the starving artist. It's the life of struggle. And therefore, because we love you so much, we want to shield you from that. So we're going to impose upon you to go the practical route. And, um, you know, for me, that looked like I went into graphic design as opposed to doing something more like illustration or fine art. And, but yet that, that same conversation was there of like, what at least is going to be something that you can make a living at, make money at, can be commercially viable, you know, <laughs> like the, the practicality, always pushing at things, right? Um, which I totally get and totally respect. And obviously we have to, you know, eat and live indoors. Um, but when you deny that part of yourself, it doesn't go away. It comes back. It finds its way back to the surface, you know, and I hear that even in your story. Um, there was no way for you to just shut that down and walk away from it. It needed to come back. It needed to find its way forward. Um, and that journey that you go on, I think, ends up becoming something even of a, a creative tale for yeah. our own lives as well. Um, because it's not just a, yeah, I set out to do this and this is what happened and I accomplished it and happily ever after, you know? <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty boring story anyway. <laughs> Nobody likes those stories. <laughs> no, I couldn't agree. And I feel like everything nothing's a mistake, like nothing's mm -hmm. done, you know, nothing's wasted. I, I, I could easily sit here and be like, oh my God, I wasted four years of college and, you know, all my younger adult life, like resisting the fact that I wanted to create things, but no, I needed that as part of my journey, right? Um, yeah. I, I still loved my college, like I use economics now, you know, I, so yeah, I feel like it is all a journey. It's all a creative journey. And mm -hmm. um, we use it, even if you don't realize it at the time, you always, I always tend to look back on like the things that I don't even think would be relevant. And I was like, oh, that totally, like that is helping me right now. Yeah. Um, and that's what makes us unique. Totally, totally. What was your experience with like your, your 
in in the program, you know, you're learning and you're trying to get into you know the 3D space. Um, can you talk a little bit about that journey? Because I'm wondering, you know, someone might be listening here and they're on the first leg of their journey where they're just trying to get things started or they're trying to figure out what that next step looks like for them to cross over into something more aligned with what they want to do. Um, and yet maybe they feel like they don't have opportunity. Maybe they feel like they don't have connections. Um, what was your experience like in that? Was it like organic or was there, um, you know, key relationships that were in place or opportunities? To, for the 3D specifically? Yes, yeah. Um, the, my process was not, I didn't have any connections at all. Um, it started with like, what do I need to know? Like research, basic research. Like I'm interested in learning more about this. And I will say along the lines of like, how you, like the practicality of it, I was still a very practical, I mean, till this day, I'm still a very practical person, but I also was like, okay, how practical if I'm going to invest in learning animation, how practical is that? Like, you know, in the back of my mind, I still have my, my parents' voice being like, be like, make, you know, be able to survive. So, you know, I started with research. Like I, I didn't know anything about animation. So I started looking into like, what kind of jobs are there? What are people doing? And that was really exciting for me because um, there's so many interesting jobs and there's so many facets of animation that I didn't realize, like not only other animators, but there's, you know, modelers, riggers, it goes through this whole spectrum of pe that people don't even realize. Um, I specifically focus on lighting. Um, so for me, I did the research. I, and then I kind of confirmed that, okay, this is something I want to pursue. So then I started looking at how can I learn more? And at the time it was, I'm gonna age myself now. It was um, <laughs> 2002 probably. So like still relatively new. There's no online learnings at that time. It's all traditional. So I started looking into programs um, uh, that would teach it. And I focused on local programs that Fortunately, I'm in New York City, so there are many art schools and programs for that. And I found a program. I ended up going to NYU um, for the master's. And um, just like coincidentally, it was two blocks away from my package design job in Midtown. Mm. And I finagled it where I'm like, okay, I need to work because it's expensive, right? And so I went to grad school and still continued working in package design at the same time. So that was my path. And then like, obviously when you're in school, you start making contacts, getting more of an idea of what studios are out there. And that did help me. Um, but I will say the biggest thing about art and anything creative that I feel like is unlike any other degree that you get is the, the degree doesn't really matter. Um, in a way it's, it's what you can create. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a great thing. Um, and it's also, it's difficult too, because many people, like I had so many friends from school that would come out with that master's degree and they're like, okay, hire me. And they, they wouldn't hear anything. It's like, no, because all they're looking at is your portfolio. They want to see that you can do the work. Um, and that kind of leads me and we'll get into it. It's like why I created the online school that we have, the Academy of Animate Art, because it's not the degree that people are looking for. You don't need that $40,000, $80,000 degree. Like all you need to know is to how to create, how to produce the work. And that is the biggest thing um, and the biggest positive about being a creative, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And it's interesting because, you know, for me, like I think back to art school and the, the advantages I think were only that it gave me proximity to people who were working in the field so that there was a current sense of what was happening in reality. Um, and then also it put me in a place where there were uh, a lot of people with a lot of talent. And so it was, um, it forced you to be better. It forced you to rise to the challenges and not be lazy and not just settle for things. Um, but I think you're right in that it's, 
at the end of the day, it comes down to what is it that you're making? You know, how is it that you're putting it out there? Can you prove that you're, you're reliable and do the work? Um, and especially for artists that unfortunately, you know, there's the tendency for people to think artist equals flighty or flaky, um, you know? And so sometimes you have to fight that preconceived idea and just show like, no, you know what? I am dependable. I am going to be a hard worker and do great work and take pride in it. Um, and then build those relationships, you know? Yeah. And I couldn't agree more, especially with the school. Like, yeah, it's the people, it's your community, community that really builds you up. I still have friendships from grad school, but I will say like the education, the traditional education in itself, especially these days, um, I think students or people that are aspiring to get into any field are so fortunate because there's so many resources that you yeah. can get right at home um, to build those skills. And a lot of like the academia stuff, I, I don't want to say anything negative about like master's program because I love mm -hmm. school, but I also think like in the traditional sense, there's better alternatives for a creative like let's say you don't need that master's and we're not we're not md you know i feel like a doctor needs that md right but a creative you don't i always joke like no one even asks if i graduated from high school because they don't care <laughs> right right so it's it's the fact of like how can you accelerate your growth as fast as possible and it is being surrounded by other creatives. It's getting that professional feedback from someone else. And that's how you grow really quickly, not by, you know, sitting in a classroom for two years or four years. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's really a beneficial and innovative way of thinking about creative education now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So is that what led you to create your academy? Was this missing piece? Yeah, exactly. I guess it was my frustration of like spending so much money. Um, but it was because I was going on recruiting trips for my studio. I used to work for Blue Sky Studios, who does like the Ice Age movies and whatnot. Um, and we went down to a couple schools and I look at portfolios and especially for lighting specifically, which is my specialty. And no one had a good portfolio that would enable them to get a job like in our studio. And I was talking to my co-founder about it and we realized, and we were kind of just talking, it's like, yeah, it's because we don't learn anything in school. Like we're like everything we know, we learned on the job. And, you know, and, and, I, and I was thinking, like, yeah, it's the same with me. My portfolio coming out of school was not great. And we turned through, and then we were like, why don't schools teach, you know, what we learn professionally? And that would help actually a student get a job and train their eye and what they actually need to focus on. It's not the software, but it's how to, you know, be a fundamental, the foundations of being a good artist. And then we turn to each other and we're like, why don't we just create it? And that's exactly what we did. And we, we created this online school that anyone, anywhere can can access and it's super affordable and we implemented everything we wish we had really like mm -hmm. yeah on-demand classes so you don't have to be tied to like running to a certain location or you know it works on your own schedule and we have professional feedback so like all our students get five days a week professional feedback and like they grow and within a year many of our students get jobs in the industry and like for a fraction of the cost. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, where was this when I was, you know, aspiring to be that 3D artist? Well, it didn't exist, but now it does. So that's part of the creative process too. It's like having a vision for something and then making it happen. And that's exactly what we did at the Academy. Yeah, yeah. I love that so many times the things that we create come from either a place of, us wanting something for ourselves, a frustration point, us seeing maybe a, a gap in, in the experience of someone else. Um, and then we can step into that and go, yeah, you know what, because this has been what my experience has been. And I feel like I could speak into this with integrity and, and educate people um, and help them move through that in a way that I didn't have. Um, uh, one of the things too, we were talking about earlier before we started recording, I'd love to, to return to this a little bit is 
we, we were talking about this whole idea of when you're working in the field and more probably in a corporate setting mm-hmm. and you have this job that has hired you to do this creative work, um, that eventually there's this thing where you start to realize, oh, I, I'm, I'm feeling a little dissatisfied creatively um, and yet I'm tired when I get home I'm not doing any of my own creative stuff, um, no passion projects. Um, and one of the things that, you know, I always talk about too, is that importance of having your own personal passion projects, because that's the place where you can find your voice and, and, and put your fingerprints all over something. Whereas the, the corporate world, um, you know, you're hired for a very specific role and it's almost like being a pair of hands, you know, along with, you know, some, some creative concepts a lot of times, but um, that's not the place to show up and be like, Hey, this is me. This is where, you know, I get to, to shine. Um, what has your experience been in that regard? Yeah, I can totally relate. Yeah. We were talking about this before and I get really passionate about this subject because um, I feel like as creatives, we, you know, our goal is to get paid creating. Mm-hmm. Well, not necessarily a goal, but like, you know, kind of that success thing. Um, But then when it comes to having more of a corporate creative job, like, you know, I worked on feature animated films, I've worked on visual effects um, spots and whatnot. And it sounds really cool, right? And it is cool. And it is creative. But it's a different kind of creative, right? Because you're using your creative skills towards something outside of your own creation, if that makes sense. So what happens is, for me specifically, you go in like, like a excited school kid, right? You're like, oh my God. And then all of a sudden you realize like, wait a minute, there's your like creativity, you're, you're hitting notes from the directors. You're either ta- you're talking to ad agencies. You, it's, it's you're using yourself as a tool. And that sounds, the way I say, say that sounds not so great, but I mean, you're still using your skills. But what happens to me, and I think to a lot of people, is when you're being, you think you're being creative in that sense, you get tired. Like the last thing you want to do when you go home is to create something because you're like, oh, I've been creating all day. Like I'm just going to veg and not create anymore. And I went through years of just like being creative, quote unquote, in my day job. And then I'd go home and not do anything. And what happened was I was just, like all of a sudden I woke up and I was like, I don't feel creative anymore. And you start hating your job because you're like, what is this? It's like, I feel like people romanticize this idea too, that your job has to be all in one thing for you. Like it has to accomplish everything. When in reality, when I started creating outside of work, like creating my businesses, but also I would take things like wood, a woodshop class or like, a glass blowing class, like things that are totally outside of my professional creating and just like explore different things. And it woke me up. And it's like, it's not like I was taking woodworking because I was going to become a carpenter, right? right? Or like, I wasn't looking to change my careers. I was just looking to keep that creative spark. And what happens is you get ideas. When you start creating on your own again, those passion projects, that's when all of a sudden you become alive again. You're like, oh, it's like that whole thing of, um, I always say exercising is very funny. And I think people can relate maybe this, like a more simpler thing when someone's like, oh, I'm too tired to exercise. And then they don't mm-hmm. exercise. But in essence, when you exercise, it gives you more energy. So it's just like the same thing with creating. When you create outside of your, your norm, your day job, it gives you more creative energy and it will kind of infuse in all areas of your life. And that's how you kind of keep that spark, keep your own creative energy, but also still apply it to your day job. I'm not saying anything bad about a day job. It's just like, you can't lump it all into one, which I think a lot of people um, do that. And yeah. yeah, and they don't realize they're doing it either. Right, because nobody really talks about that. It's certainly yeah. not taught in a traditional sense as far as art school. And this it's always a goal of either get a job at you know X company doing whatever role, or it's go out on your own and, and do your own thing. Um, but you're still dealing with clients, you're still dealing with other people's um, projects and budgets and committees and et cetera. So 
unless you're, you know, truly in a place where you've gotten to this place where you're able to choose who you want to work with, where you want to work, you know, when, with what materials, you know, complete freedom, if you will, um, which, you know, is, is a very difficult thing, I think, to arrive at. Um, and not everyone has the ability to, to get there. Um, you know, you can find yourself frustrated really quickly. And so I think you need to, like, I'm go, I go back to what something you said earlier in that almost like looking at your own life as the blank canvas mm -hmm. and how it's not just specifically the role of here's your job or here's how creativity comes out in terms of how you make money, but how does creativity come out in everyday life? And maybe sometimes that's in how you do your job and make money, but maybe that's also in how you prepare dinner or the clothes that you wear or how you decorate your home or your office or how you have creative you know, conversations with people or problem solving in some things that you're just dealing with. Um, you know, has that been your experience too? I mean, have you thought to like move more towards that thinking of like, it's more holistic? Yes, exactly. I, I have. And it's taken me a process really. Like in my younger years, I would have said creativity. Oh, that's what I make, right? That's the painting you're drawing, like the very more tangible thing. But as I grew, I grew in life experience, I realized that I was isolating my creativity in a way that it shouldn't be. Like, why am I not broadening, broadening this definition of creativity, the tools I have uh, through creativity in all aspects of my life? So now when I think about it, creativity specifically, I'm creating my life, right? I'm designing my own life. And all these things are pieces that I intentionally design in a certain way. So yeah, like everything's creative. If you think about it, you can, you can um, apply creativity to anything. Even the people, I often talk to people that are like, I'm not a creative. I'm like, everyone is a creative, right? Mm -hmm. You just need to tap into it. And you don't need to be, you know, Picasso painting these masterpieces to call yourself a creative. Um, as long as you're doing something that matters to you, then you are creating, right? Um, so I couldn't agree more that you're like everyone's best masterpiece is themselves, right? So mm -hmm. think of your whole life as this this big painting, a big design. Like where, what piece, like put the pieces together essentially. Like, okay, your job is one piece, but that's just one piece, right? Your, your family could be another piece, your, your hobbies, what you love doing on the side that no one else sees is another piece, like create your own masterpiece, your own kind of happy place, you know, and you have the ability, like if you feel like someone, if you feel like something's missing from your, let's say your, your day job or whatever you do, then like, let's put that in, let's put that in somewhere else, right? Kind of like your passion projects. So it is looking at it. And now it's it's interesting when I think about creativity. Like I said, when I thought about it as a younger person, it's just like, oh, a painter, you know, whatever you're making. But now I look at it on a whole nother level. It's like creativity is a bigger vision, the big vision for yourself. And it doesn't have to be making anything. I will say that I'm actually in a transition point where I'm my day job, I should say, is um, I'm transitioning from off the box, which means I'm no longer creating, um, but I am leading and man managing artists. So in my, and like the, someone else from, you know, in the more tra traditional sense of like, oh, you're not creating anymore. Oh my God. Like what, are, are you going to miss that? But in essence, I've, I have never felt more creative in my life now. Um, even saying that, okay, I'm not going to be like physically on the box. I have, I'm actually more inspired to do my, more of my passion projects on the side that will kind of fill that, that hole if I'm missing a hole mm -hmm. in the creation part of actually physically creating something. So it's kind of like, how, how does your, how does your puzzle look? Right. Mm -hmm. And put a good assessment of your puzzle of life and then be like, okay, where is there a hole? And then fill it in, 
And you have the full power and control to do that. So I think that's what's so exciting about it. You don't have to um, depend on one thing to fulfill all the needs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love this conversation. And I got to tell you, when I was younger, I really struggled with this idea. And I think anybody who, who's a creative person who has multiple interests and pursuits probably struggles mm -hmm. with this, where I felt like those interests were competing. And so if it was music, if it was visual art, you know, with painting and drawing, if it was graphic design, if it was, you know, some other expression, I felt like I only had a limited amount of time. And so I could only really put one of them in the foreground. Uh, but yet I still wanted to keep engaged with the other ones. And it felt like I was juggling. And it felt like if I gave attention to this one, then this one started to suffer. And then if I brought this one to the foreground, then another one started to suffer. And it felt like I could never get the synergy between all these things and felt very fragmented yep. until I started to realize like, oh, you know what? Like, it's not that I'm like, I'm not just a graphic designer. I'm not just an illustrator. I'm not just a musician. It's, oh, I'm a creative person. Mm -hmm. And sometimes what I create may morph and change depending upon the season I'm in or the opportunities that are present um, or what's happening in my life it, it it's not that any one of those things are lesser than it just it's like you said pieces of the puzzle and i think if we can approach ourselves like that more holistically we take the pressure off that to feel like oh i, I need to make all these things work at the same intensity and the same interest level um, and the same success on, across the board, um, because that's when I think you start to feel more and more of that tension and then honestly, some burnout, you know? Yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree more. I, I would put barriers on myself too. Like I would be doing all these things. I'd be, you know, and I wouldn't let them cross because in my head I was like, oh no, I can't let this group of people that, that in my animation space know that I'm running an academy or that I do a creative life coaching because in my mind, I'm like, no, they, they can't cross. It's like worlds colliding. Mm -hmm. Right. And I also, I felt self-conscious about it. Like, oh my God, people realize all the things that I'm interested in. They're going to be wondering like, who am I? What, like, is she all over the place? Mm -hmm. And it's only like recently where I'm just like, no, we're multifaceted. Right. And that's natural. And that's something to express. Um, in such a beautiful way and yeah to look at it as a whole so it's the thing too when you start breaking down those barriers of the different interests that you have that they organically start working and meshing together in a way that all of a sudden you realize like wow they can all kind of combine and work together in a way more powerful and more impactful than when i was putting them into separate boxes Hmm. Um, and I think that's a really interesting thing to think about too, is like, yeah, you have all these interests. They seem like they're scattered. They could seem like they're scattered. Right. But really, if you let yourself, they'll kind of they'll kind of come across with like, oh, I can use this here and there, there. And it will combine in certain ways that will surprise you if you let it. Hmm. Yeah. One of the things I think that comes along with that, that is a, a struggle point. Uh, and I know this has been my experience and to some degree continues to, to be something that I, I try to wrestle through. How do I talk about? Um, and it, it's, it almost goes back to my opening question of you of like, you know, who are you? What do you do? It's this, this narrative that you lead with of, okay, here's how I explain what I do creatively in a way that other people understand what that is and understand how that can either be used by them or they can benefit from them. So they see themselves in, oh, here's how I can hire you to help me. Here's how I can, you know, utilize your creativity for, for me and my projects, whatever. Um, have you thought any, any much about that and how maybe have you wrestled through some of that in, in terms of talking about what it is that you do in a way that makes sense to other people? Yeah, I, I'm still, I still joke. I'm still trying, trying to perfect like the elevator pitch, right? Mm -hmm. Or like how to, how to put what you do in one sentence. Um, for me, the, I'm still, I'm still perfecting it. So mm -hmm. I haven't, I haven't quite gotten it, but I've been thinking about it. And for me, 
what align what the common thread with everything I do is that I help creatives create outside the box, whether it's their life through creative life coaching, whether it's helping them create, you know, their own um, animation artistic skills to get that job in animation through my Academy of Animate Art, or, you know, through my job, my day job, where I help people create to solve whatever problem that we're trying to achieve, right? So as a whole, it's going to be I'll let you know when I come lay my big aha when yeah. it comes up, but it's all going to be, it's, it's essentially like I help creatives create, create what they want, what they vision, take that big vision and make it a reality. Mm, yeah. It's something that it's funny because it's so ingrained in us as far as what that looks like and like how it has to come out. It's almost like rediscovering or discovering what that is. And yet, trying to put words around that or trying to put a narrative around that, that that's succinct takes a lot of work and a lot of revision and a lot of just revisiting because there are moments where you think, Oh, I think I've got it. I think this is it. And then you sit with it for a little bit and you're like, mm, yeah, but it's kind of missing or it's not fully, you know, um, at least that's been my experience, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Like one day I'm like, Oh, I got it. And then the next one, Let's adjust it. I mean, but that's the lesson, right? We never have it. It's never going to be just right. I think that's a good lesson too, especially for creatives who a lot of times may have the tendency to like not want to show something until they think it's perfect, until it's ready to be seen. But for me and for the people I talk to and work with, it's like, it's never going to be like, I acknowledge it's never going to be perfect. It's always transforming. It's, it's a progress. It's a journey. So the best thing we can do is put the best out right now. And it's a work in progress, especially the way we, the way we are, like, it's a good thing too. Cause that means we're always growing. We're always mm -hmm. learning. We're always evolving. It'd be really bad if, if you think about it, like if I, have some kind of whatever my aha moment is and then 10 years later i'm like yeah i'm still that person i'm like wait a minute so have i not changed in 10 years so i agree i do that all the time i was just doing that the other day with a bio or something i was like well okay that sounds good and the next day i'm like hmm, nah, you know and just like anything i always joke with artwork when i'm working on something i'm like i could tweak it forever right you can always try to make it a little bit more perfect. And um, I think that's fine to keep on working on it, keep on working on yourself, but don't prevent it from letting, letting it out first. Mm -hmm. Like don't wait. Cause that's also how you learn the best is when you, you put it out there. And then all of a sudden you see things from different perspectives. Maybe you get different perspectives from someone else and you'd be like, Oh, I never thought of it that way. So it could be scary to put yourself out there, but that's actually the fastest and best way to learn and grow. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So talking about, you know, evolving and changing and growing, what are some things that maybe you're looking forward to in the next say year or two? Um, what are some things that you're thinking like, this would be a great thing for me to start doing or move towards or, or refine? Huh. I mean, there's a lot of things. I think for me specifically, um, what I'm really excited about for this coming year and the next years is to really focus on how can I help creatives more through the creative life coaching? Because I work with clients and I will say that's one of been like the most fulfilling that I've ever felt through the clients and the students to see them succeed and to be like, Oh, you, I think that's also a thing with age is like, first you want to create something yourself and then you feel like, Oh, I want to make a bigger impact. Right. How do I make a bigger impact? Well, I help other people. So I'm really excited about expanding that impact, that creative impact on, you know, not my students at the Academy through the creativity coaching. And then um, my other thing is I am really excited through the Academy. I'm kind of launching this diversity program that will help younger, younger kids um, get familiar with animation and teaching them animation at a younger age. So, and, that, and not only for diversity, but in general. So I'm, I'm really excited about 
how can we kind of that inner child in me, I guess, like at 10 or 12, get them excited about being creative mm -hmm. and say like, you can do this. You can actually do this as a career and ignore that, you know, the struggling artist yeah. thing, right? But like, not only do, it's not to say they have to do it as a career, but also introduce the tools of creativity, the creative thinking tools, the which I feel like is not emphasize enough that creatives are really good problem solvers, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that anyone, even non-creatives can benefit from. So those are the things that I'm really excited about. Mm, that's awesome. I love that. I'm curious too, with the creative coaching that you do, um, was that something that happened organically or did that kind of spring out of a side thing for your academy where you realized people went through the academy and then there was still a need for um, kind of a, an offshoot of that. Yeah, it kind of happened. It happened organically in the way that it resulted from a totally different aspect of my life, which I think speaks to like everything is kind of connected. Um, this is going to be totally random. We'd be like, what? So I struggled. Um, I struggled with infertility, with having a child. And I had tried to have a child for over five years and I was told it was not possible. It was, I had less than a 1% chance of having a child. And this is after five years of trying. And this is when, this was my big aha moment, to be honest, that creativity, I wasn't using creativity to my advantage because even in work, I had been working in animation and vis visual effects at that time for years. Um, in my life, I was just kind of following what other people were telling me, especially in the medical side, right? With fertility. And I never stopped to use those creative brainstorming and thinking skills, problem solving skills towards my own life. And it wasn't until I was told I had less than a 1% chance of having a child that I like really took a hard look at my life. And then I realized, wait, I, I've just been following what other people have said. This is just like at work or anything creatively where I have a problem. Let's look at it through the lens um, of creativity and the tools that I have. And from there, I end up like brainstorming with people, getting different perspectives, like the same way I kind of do creative thinking at work. And the result of that was three months after I was told I had less than 1% chance, I was actually pregnant. Um, hmm. And right now I have, I have two kids and awesome. both of them are, you know, less than one, I call them my less than 1% miracles. But um, that is why I got into creativity coaching because I realized we, or at least I, was ignoring the fact that creativity can use for all aspects of life. And it doesn't stop at just creating, you know, the paintings and whatnot. So that's what I, I became really passionate about it. Um, so that's why I help not only creatives, but anyone kind of create a life that, you know, aligns with them and using those tools to kind of overcome any obstacles and make it work. So mm -hmm. I, that was totally roundabout, but that is truly how I got into coaching. And then um, it does align with my academy. And like, I mean, everyone can have like life coaching helps everyone creative or not, but I love to instill the creative part because that's what I feel so passionate about and kind of, like I said, encompasses like all of everything I do. Mm, that makes yeah. sense. Totally, totally. And and I want to thank you for just being vulnerable and, and sharing, you know, that personal story and experience. Um, and I think it's beautiful how you took that and made it into something much bigger. And you found out your own path forward by problem solving, but then it also unlocks some things for you to help other people do the same. And um, that's something that like, I I love that. And that's, that's part of my heart too. And I, the way I talk about that usually is like trying to redeem some of the pain and trials and, and circumstances that I've gone through, not only just for myself, but then also to, to shine a light for other people and, and hopefully either help them avoid some of those things or help them through if they're in the midst of those uh, situations themselves. So that's awesome. Yeah, I couldn't agree more.
um yeah like i said everything happens i feel like every part of your journey there's a reason for it and for me if i hadn't gone through my own struggles who knows i might just be sitting here as an, an animation artist just kind of doing my thing not you know which would be fine too but this is my journey and all these areas is how i got there which i'm really grateful for yeah amazing amazing well, we're at the top of our time, believe it or not. Um, I feel like I could talk to you all day long as well. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I know you gave me some links, but just for uh, for those who are listening, why don't you tell us where people can find your academy and uh, your, your coaching uh, if they're interested in pursuing and uh, having you come and help them. Yeah. So for the academy, it's the academyofanimatedart.com. And then for coaching, you can find me at jazzkatat.com. That's J-A-Z-Z. K-A-T-A-T. -A -A and also at Instagram, it's the same handle at jazzkatat. Awesome. Love it. So those will be in the show notes for people can just click and uh, check out more information and follow along. I, I know that people are going to be interested in keeping tabs with you, Jasmine, and uh, following your journey closely because um, so many of the insights that you've shared today already have been valuable and helpful and, uh, and resonate. So um, we need to continue to surround ourselves with more and more people who are like-minded and just um, help us on the journey because we're all in this together, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, like-minded and it's, that is a really good point um, to surround yourself with people that, agree. I don't wanna say agree, but have the same um, feelings because it will help drive you even further mm -hmm. to kind of like art school, like you said, to surround yourself with people that help elevate you. Yeah. Creative community. Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, I want to thank you so much for our time today. And um, I look forward to just seeing more of what you produce in the next year and, and so forth. Uh, so yeah. thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening today. I'd appreciate it if you would subscribe, leave a rating and a review. It really helps this podcast be seen and heard by others.